State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. That's how we own it! Welcome to Street Politicians. I am Myson. And I'm Tamika Mallory. And we are happy to have you here tuning in. Thanks for the support and love. And we hope that every time you come to this podcast that you get a little something that you can leave with, mm-hmm. that you enjoy, that you learn, a smile, a laugh, educational. So, you know, we're happy to have you out here, man. Yeah, so. Street Politicians is all about us learning together. That's right. right? That's right. right. So what's going on friend. with you? Well, the end of a decade and the beginning of a new one, right? Yep. Some shit changed, some shit hasn't. So Most shit hasn't, but... So, you know, but personally, each one of us, I, I actually posted a meme um, that said that living from January to December is no joke and thanking God for keeping us, keeping our minds, keeping our health, our spirits, our families. So much is happening in the world, and the fact that we keep living every day with all the challenges is a blessing. Sure so, is, man. It's, it's definitely a blessing. blessing. We got Trump ain't leaving the White House. How about that? I saw a meme today. It wasn't even a meme. It was a tweet from uh, Mike Huckabee, who ran for president, former governor. He might, no, I don't think he's still a governor. Uh, and he was talking about how he's been selected as the host or the chair of the 2024 committee to have to reelect Trump for a third term because the Democrats are, you know, this is illegal what they're doing and it's wrong and impeachment is, you know, it's it's unfair and it was a witch hunt and all this stuff. And you know, and we have been saying for a while Trump ain't leaving that, you know, he hey, listen, Michael Bloomberg did it in New York and this is one of the most uh, you know, the most powerful cities in the world. And he did it here where he extended his term um, his term limits was two terms, so that would have been eight years. And when it was getting towards the end of the second term, he was able to get the city council to vote 
for a third term, which, of course, the city council members were also able to be in office for a third term. But he, as mayor, wanted to stay for a third term because he said that, you know, the city needed him, that he was doing so much economically and turning the city around and, you know, all that. And, by the way, I know from council members that I was friends with that there was a lot of pain in the decisions that they made. There was, you know, there were people who knew personal background stuff about those folks and was like literally coming to them saying you better vote for uh this extension this you know the term limits to be um, lifted if you will based upon us like putting your public your your personal business yeah, was, in public they got blackmail well, i'm not gonna say that they were blackmail because i said for you well, listen, I'm not trying to be sued by the Bloomberg swarm. I ain't saying who did I'm just saying. I just said people were blackmailed. Exactly. And people. Trump ain't leaving the White House. People. So, you know, you never know. Okay. I don't know if he's going to leave. The man has formed a coup. And I, if you look at one of the posts on my page, it was a guy talking about his 357 is making sure that nothing happens to Trump. Yeah. You know, and if people try to impeach him, war. it's going to be civil war. And, you know, and I've been saying that for a long time. He's running the White House like the mafia. Like, he's really running like a mob boss. Right. So it's not passive. Like, when he doesn't feel like he wants to leave, I can't see the reason why he would. You know? He has to. Okay, well, And good I luck. think our, our— Trump is a gangster, man. He is a gangster. He but is that gangster doesn't mean that White he's going to be able— Because you know what? Right. So is Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and and you know Auntie Maxine is up in there like oh he he think he gonna well, listen, stay cool. I'm, with, I'm definitely with Auntie Maxine <laughs> I'm with exactly her. so you know and I'm not the, a big fan of like any of them Pelosi I mean obviously Auntie Maxine but yeah. I'm not a big fan of any of them but I do know that what Pelosi has done is something that Trump tried he tried everything that he could to really be like th- threaten her without like calling her out her name, but damn near. He was really trying to intimidate her in the media, even in person, and she still went forward with the impeachment because the man is a traitor. He's a traitor. His behavior his behavior is treasonous and really he should have been impeached a long time ago, but hey, we are where we are. So yeah, that's, that's that. We re- I haven't I really literally refuse to get myself deep into the impeachment proceedings and watching everything because what I think is more important than the sensationalism of what's happening in this moment is us focusing on getting our people ready for 2020. And I'm not even talking about registering to vote. I'm talking about mentally, like, folks need to know how serious it is for them to be in the game mm-hmm. and for them to be able to understand everything that's happening. So, you know. But do you, th- do you think impeachment is going to benefit us or it's going to be negative for I, us? Like, I think you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I yeah, think I, that no matter what, the people are losing in this moment because I don't, I don't see anybody running the government. Like, the government, I don't even know what the government does. Because everything I hear is we lose food stamps, you know, the children being separated. The the young man died in the jail just last week. Actually, Yandy, um, she sent me a a piece, like a, a clip of the young man falling out in his cell. He had the flu. And there was another person in the cell as well under those like silver blankets or whatever. He was he was in there as well. They had they quarantined them, put them in the cell, and the boy died. That's crazy. 
He fell out and died like a teenager. But those things are not, they are just so common. Being formerly incarcerated, I know so many people who have passed from sim- similar circumstances. If it wasn't for somebody beating them, it was just lack of taking care of their health or them being put into the box and then just left isolated, not fed properly. So those are common things. I was just told by one of of the um, <coughs> friends I have that's incarcerated, they're supposed to start putting um, body cams on the offices. I think they started. In the, in the, in the in jails? In the prisons. I think he said that well, some of the That offers, would be good. Yeah, some of the but offers, you want to assume. But they only use it, they only, excuse me, they only use it when, like, there's an incident. So it's not like all day they were in it, but when somebody pulls a pin and they says an incident and they have to go in. to deal with yeah. one of the um, prisoners, they have to show the, the camera. That's what he was telling me. Well, I mean, because the cameras that's all around are supposed to be able to show you what's going on. And somehow, for years and years and years, that doesn't really work. But Yeah, because they put them in, bl- in blind spots. They do. If you look at where they put them, they put them like right outside as you can see in front of the cell. You can't but see what they do But they're not supposed to go in your cell but they unless they time. have to. Yeah, they do it all the time. And nobody gets to see. Like, I just seen one online the other day where a guy was getting processed they walked him in the cell. Next thing you know, he comes out limping, his eyes all beat up. Then nobody shows how it happened, but they just showed mm. that he came out beat up. So. See, that's some of the stuff that has not changed, right? Oh, no, like, definitely. In, in the, this new decade. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Let me see. What else is happening? Michael Vick. I mean, he's getting this opportunity, which we're saying is an award, and I guess that's he's not... Being, ex- no, it's an honor. It's not a, a reward. It's, um, he's being He's been voted as one of the captains for the Pro Bowl. So that's like when you have legendary status, they choose you as one of the captains. Mike Bick pretty much revolutionary, I mean revolutionized the quarterback position. He was one of the first... Um, multi-talented running back slash quarterbacks who ran for a bunch of yards. So he had this kind of, you know, multi-task that he was able to do as a quarterback, which prior to him wasn't being done. The quarterback was primarily the person who threw the ball, handed the ball off. He wasn't a runner, and he revolutionary. He revolutionized. Yeah, you know, like my son saying, makes revolutionary. up makes No, revolutionary up is a word. But it'd be good. Now, sometimes the words be all right. They fit. I don't make you up words. You and Jesse Jackson, because Reverend Jackson know. definitely makes no, up words. No, it's not. I just know how to make vocabulary evolve. You <laughs> that know what I'm is the most bullshit I ever heard, <laughs> but it was truth, good. Though. You got to help. You got to make, because we can't keep using the same vernacular. We got to we gotta evolve our vocabulary. <laughs> no, but I think that means using words in the English. Yeah, like, that's a word. Revolutionary is a word. I, I just, know that, but it's, yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. No, I, I will pull one up for you where yeah. you made up a whole word. A whole it word. It worked, though. So are you try, so are, it usually has the position? root. It yeah, because that's a word. The root word is a word. What are you talking about? This I don't be making work. up no words. They crazy. Anyway, so yeah, so there's a, there was a petition yeah, they put that out had the petition. over 400,000 signatures on it from people who said they did not want him to be honored. What yeah, you're saying on, is really more so positioning, like yeah. him being recognized as the captain and the bowl, and then yeah. it makes it is. They just didn't want him there, so pretty much. Because I don't think people knew that. I think that the way. I think the way the, the 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 media said he's being honored, folks signed it thinking he was about to stand up and get some, you know, special But if award. that's but if that's what they did, I know the same I'm just thing. saying that that's what people were reacting yeah, well, people to. I don't were, think a lot of folks understood exactly what was happening. Common sense ain't that common no more. And people don't even they just wanna grab onto social media and they wanna attack things. You know, Michael Vick was did his he served his time for his infraction. You know, with the dogfighting situation, and he did his time. He paid his fines. He came out. He's been he did a tour. He's did a tour. He's been tour. apology tour. He's been an advocate no. against you know um, animal rights. Uh, I mean, for, for against for for <laughs> animal rights. Like he's been he's been doing his job. Yeah. So for somebody to to make a statement or sign a petition to stop him from being anything, getting honored or being an honorary captain, it's just ludicrous to me. And it's like. When when do you pay your debts to society? Like, what is, what is rehabilitation look like? So you know, 
Jules, you know, Jules, our Julianne Hoffenberg, who works works with us. She's a white woman, and she is one of our allies. We rather call her an accomplice. She's more than an ally. She's a sister. She's our sister. She's down with us, working with us in the struggle. So I happen to turn on Facebook, you know, open up Facebook, and the first thing that popped up was that she was up there with her, uh, her, her, she was basically promoting the petition, asking people to sign the petition against Michael Vick. Now, you know Jules loves her dog. Oh, yeah. She's, this she's, is very she's serious. an advent <laughs> dog lover. Like, her dog is like a, a child, person. A like, whole person. A whole person. And I understand she loves her dog. But I had to, I wrote to her. I said, Jules, the question that I have for you, right? Like, you know, being a part of our movement, she is often around people particularly black men who are formerly incarcerated who are formerly incarcerated who who, who or who may have killed someone who may have hurt another person i mean she's been around all these people and we support all of us together the idea that these black men black and brown men who are entering society again should be they their time is up They've done their time, and that if they're being honored for turning their lives around, for helping young people, for whatever, that you support that. And I That's ask, right. so you support that. You support this, these men who may have killed another black man, may have hurt someone. You support them being acknowledged for turning their lives around after serving their time. She's, And, she, of course, she agrees with that. I'm like, you can't be okay can't that. with that. And then say, but you can't be honored for killing a dog. Because that puts more value on the dog's life than another black man. And we specifically support something called the Time Done Campaign, which our brother uh, Jay Jordan is the executive director of an organization in California that has this Time Done Campaign that really talks, is is specifically designed to deal with that. Mm -hmm. That when you come home from prison, when a person comes home from prison, there are too many barriers for folks being able to to enter society and and do work and be productive citizens. Mm -hmm. And you support that. She does. And she's a great supporter. She is. I mean, I think... But she came back, just to be clear, after she thought about it, she said, you know what? You're 100% right. And now she's like the biggest advocate Advocate. online. Because that's the thing about (laughs) being an ally and accomplice and someone who who leads in love is that when you see, when somebody gives you the truth or somebody is able to change your mind honestly based on, you know, facts and and based on really just sitting you down and and walking you through something and you're able to say, you know what, I made a mistake or now I see it your way. That's what it's about, you know, because we can just argue just for the sake of arguing all day. So, like, I put out a a post also about Michael Vick's situation and I was just talking about the comparison to him and Ray Lewis and a lot of people were giving me flack, you know, and I understood. You was one of the people. And (laughs) for me, it was just, like, understanding, like you said, like Michael Vick killed a dog, Ray Lewis no, did more I mean, than kill well, dogs. Let me change that. Michael Vick was was he was found guilty or he pled guilty to having um, something to do with the dog fighting ring. I don't think I don't he know. He was facilitating. Facilitate. I don't. I don't know if he was. That I, is facilitating. Okay. I don't know what. I don't know that. I His just, father. Exactly. Said yes that this is his thing. Okay. Fighting dogs. Okay. But even if it was in a house that belonged to him, that's still facilitating. Okay, so he facilitated. But what I was saying was Ray Lewis was involved 
in a situation which led to the death of two black men. And he pled guilty to a lesser charge, which was associated with the death of the two black men. So I was saying, we okay with a black man who kills a black man or is responsible or any way has a connection Mm -hmm. to the death of two black men, but we're not okay with a black man who is connected to the death of dogs. And, you know, it just shows to me that the black man's life is less valuable in America's eyes, you know. So that was my argument. A lot of people, a lot of people seen in my way, and a lot of people, you know, then there was, you know, there was this discourse. And it was well, my only matter. issue was that I just felt like I didn't, I, don't, I hate us even having to talk about what another black man has or has not done when there's so much that, White folks have done, but I just want to, and do- they've not ever. But I get your point. I, you made me understand your position that you know basically there's two different black men with two different scenarios. But one is responsible for the death of dogs, and the other one is responsible potentially or involved somehow in the killing of a man. And it's the same organization, and and so that shows the hypocrisy because he was being just voted was one of the top 100 players two weeks right. ago. So nobody, there was no petition. If there was, please show me. I didn't it's see a petition. a petition at all for somebody to say that it's he didn't deserve it. So, you know, there, there is hypocrisy. It and just I'm is. glad we pointed it out. It, it, and now he's going to be now the honorary captain. Now he's definitely going to be the captain. So and that's, good, that's a good, good thing. Good looking NFL. Yeah, they did something good. They did game. something good. They got a lot of other stuff. Yeah, they got work to do. Good. They got work to do. But, you know, one of the things that is it, that I'm I'm very like really concerned about. So you know, like I'm not getting myself caught up into impeachment stuff, right? Because I can't take it. You know, I get mad. I start yelling at the TV and calling everybody and saying we need a march and a protest. But I am paying attention to, as I said, nobody doing any work in the government. Most of our cabinet members are acting like none of them are actually confirmed cabinet members. He he really is running. Like you said, the government like the mafia because he knows that the loophole is having everyone as acting cabinet members because he can't get people confirmed, which means that there's a vote with the House and and, and they confirm. Why does he need to confirm as long as he got you doing the job Exactly, And you're still getting paid and you still work for him, so he doesn't need to confirm. but But the reason why it's important for these people to be confirmed is because it gives the American public an opportunity to see through the hearings and other things who these individuals yeah, are. We know why it's important to us. But to him, it ain't and then, important. And then the people that we put in office get an opportunity to vote. And so he has he has circumvented that yeah. process. And he has all these people acting. So this Trump guy, ain't leaving a while. <laughs> so this guy, William Barr, who's the acting attorney general, which means he is the top cop in the country. He was speaking to a group which include law enforcement officers, um, which included law enforcement officers, and he started talking about how when veterans come home from war, they are they are acknowledged. There's parades, when I, and there's a lot of veterans that would disagree with that. Let's be clear. But you know, he said there's so much love for veterans coming home, and good. And he said, but police officers are not treated the same, and that. He, we, certain communities, certain communities That's code for black people. need to start respecting code police officers mm-hmm. because if not, we may find ourselves being, you know, left without protection. 
our communities may be left without protection. That well, is absolutely crazy. No, it's not crazy because the problem with this whole situation with Trump and William Barr and all these things is these people are just saying things that have been happening. You understand what I'm saying? So when you hear Trump spew his rhetoric and people are like, yo, you heard what he said? No, this is what America has been. This is what they've been thinking. When you hear William Barr say what he says, it's what the, the police been doing. They either over-police our communities to where they make us just um, criminals. They don't come in there to help and really save, protect, and serve. They, they've never done that. So ultimately, this is why the, the King Stop Killing Kings motto and Raising Kings motto that I've created is something that is going to be needed in our society. We have to get back to police to um, community police. And we have to get back to the men in the community and the women in the community coming hand-in-hand and being in unison and, and being able to dictate what goes on in the community so we don't have to call police. Because we see what happens when the police come to our communities. They either harm someone who called for help, um, you know, mentally ill people are being shot down in their own homes that call, when somebody calls to help them, they're being killed. You know, police, I mean, kids are being handcuffed and beat up on the corners for walking down the block because they quote-unquote fit description. So the bottom line is we have to get back to that model anyway. We have to tell Mr. Barr, thank you, because what that's going to do is call us to start commute, I mean, policing our own communities. It's going to call us to be a lot more responsible. It's going to call us to be a lot more unified and look for, to each other for solutions before we call these people into our communities that are just throwing our kids in jail or hurting and killing them. So I say thank you. Let's, like I said, thank you to Trump. I told you these people were needed. I didn't. I knew that any other president but Trump was going to have us sit around for a few years and be like, look, we did something. Oh, look, Hillary's here, the first woman. Wow, we did something. Something is happening. Ain't nothing happening in America. And Trump just lets you see that. America's been racist. It's been directed at us. White supremacy has always been the mantra of America, and now you get to see it. So when you hear these people say these things and you hear the people talking about if Trump is impeached, it's going to be civil war, and you hear Barr saying, hey, the police are going to stop doing if certain communities don't respect them, it gives you the reality and the rude awakening that people in our communities, the people in our communities need to wake up and start governing their damn self. Well, yeah. Okay, first of all, I think that, yes, there are problems with police and community. Absolutely. But generally, police officers go to work to do their job, go home. They don't want to have issues. There are the bad cops, if you will, and the good cops sit there and watch it happen so we can classify them all together because unless you are an Edwin Raymond or one of the, you know, or the officers who are considered whistleblowers or people who really stand up within a department, you are part of the problem. But most police officers do try to do their job every day, and unfortunately they work within a system that if they, if they facilitate their job, the ways in which they're being trained, it means they're either over-policing or under-policing our mm-hmm. people. I agree with you about that, 1,000%. I, don't, I still think when you are in the, uh, not an elected official, but when you are representing the country, right, 
you're 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 the top cop. You're the person that is setting the tone for what happens in the country. You cannot say things like that. It incites tension on both sides of the aisle. It puts police in danger and it puts communities in danger because now you basically are telling us that if we hold a protest, then and then the police can just come in and do whatever they want to us or they can hurt us, then our response to that is going to be a visceral response. It's not good. So I just I think it's wrong. I think the rhetoric is extremely dangerous. I do agree with you that there has to be a movement to take care of our own communities. And I don't know that we can use the words police. <clears throat> I think we do need different language. It's, well, yeah, I think that we do, we gonna we have do to, need to evolve the language. We have to... We have yeah. to find a different way. I have to get one of my words. You have to, to make, make up make a word yeah. because we have to find a way. Because we're policing the policing the policing just is the the stigma and the negativity attached to that word. Is right. not, it doesn't even fit what it is that we want in our. Yeah, company. we we do got to find a different way to be able to describe what it is that we need to do. And I do think the King Stop Killing Kings movement is so important because what you're basically doing is taking matters into your own hands and get and, and you have so many community partners where across the country people are like, we're going to go out and work on kings to stop the killing in their own communities, right. which would give us... Which, right, which right, it's, right. It's a culture shift. Exactly. It's not just about shooting. It's not just, even though we do work on those efforts as well, exactly. but it's not about that. It's a culture shift, and even queens and a lot of women yeah. are involved in helping people who are gender nonconforming. People are involved because they understand the importance of, like, when the men in our community are healthy, when, when we have a king's mindset, then it... it it lends itself to a more positive space, but it, 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 people don't need to come to our communities to lock us up and to have so much contact with the men in blue, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing that we have to be able to create is a model for how people can take care of their own communities as we always have. We always have. In fact, in New York, there was a, a police slowdown over some issue. I don't remember what it was, but they were pissed off with, Everybody for whatever people were protesting, the police might have been around stop and frisk. <clears throat> um, and the 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 data showed that when police, when their efforts decreased, crime went down. Because mm. I think again, I think it's something to be said about people feeling like folks are in your community that don't really necessarily have your best interests at heart. Just thinking about even in Queens, they have these big those towers where police officers are near the parks and everything and they're watching everything that's going on, but yet a 14-year-old boy was shot to death right next to the towers like literally where this microphone is over the park. And a little boy was shot in the park, shot dead basketball player. I guess he was, you know, shooting his last shot and his he his, so what is the point? They're not doing anything, and that's what I'm saying. That's why we have to take matters back into our own hands. Yeah, no, we absolutely do. We do, we do. Um, which, and then this week, I mean, when you talk about like changing the culture, the whole issue around this guy Juice World, who I've never heard of. Then again, there was a song on the radio that then I was like, oh man, yeah, I kind of like talent. that song. Yeah, he has he has some good music. Um, young boy, 21 years of age. Um, OD, there's different um, accounts of why it happened, but it's been common knowledge that he was an avid and excessive user of lean, quote unquote, codeine that these kids are taking and perks. And, you know, his music reflected that, talked about it. He talked about how 
artists such as Future influenced him from his mixtape, the Dirty Sprite mixtape, which he heard when he was only 11 years old, and he was inspired and wanted to sip lean. Like he said, he just wanted to be on lean. And, you know, and I just, and I had a conversation about someone about this, and I was like, this culture of drug culture, you know, which also has been a culture of suicide culture. Like, if you listen to the music, there's so much pain and drug usage, and people are saying, oh, these kids are over, they're just medicating because they're dealing with pain and trauma. And, you know, I understand understand being young and being confused, and I understand just looking at social media. Social media is doing so much damage to these kids because they're trying to live a life that is not even attainable because yeah. the life that is being shown to them is not it's even not real. It's not just the kids. No, it's but grown it's, folks but it's on grown there trying to live too. somebody else's life But it's life even too. worse when, when you're young and you're trying <laughs> to figure something out and you think you're supposed to, you see somebody's best 60 seconds of their life and you're looking at their best 60 seconds and you're judging your whole life mm. by that, not knowing that they done propped this and put this money here and they took a, a picture in front of this camera and they, they put this background here and you saying, Dad, why is my life not like this? And, you know, and these kids have been programmed that this perks and this lean and this drug culture is something to... You know to aspire to, and and, and it's very like glorified. Young. No, it's definitely glorified. I don't it's think heightened. that they're aspiring. No, they to are. It. They are. You're listening. They're not to me. trying well, to get to, to it. If they you listen just... to the interview that I put on my page, that Juice Word was talking about the way he felt when he listened to Future's Dirty Sprite mixtape, and he was like, "Yo, I couldn't wait." I was like, "Yo, I got to get me some lean." Yo, where's it at? Like he said, I was a basketball player. I was a good in sports and all that. But as soon as I heard that. I want. I just wanted to sit lean. I just wanted to get high. But people said you was a hater when you talked about future. But they always. These kids I mean, listen, pills they, and because that's the person. That's the thing that's being glorified. You know, future's quote unquote this megastar in hip hop. So when you talk against the megastar, you know that when you go against the status quo and the trend, everybody gonna say you are a hater because you don't got what he got. So you just mad. You want to shoot him down. This is not about that. This is another black man. I'm. I'm happy that he's able to escape poverty and able to feed his family and provide beyond the means that the, most of the people in our community, and I'm happy for him, but not on the backs, not on the, the, you know, not at the expense of our children, not feeding our kids poison. If, if that's what it's going to take for you to attain some level of monetary wealth, then I don't think it's worth it, and not for me anyway. So I've always been... It's probably been, not even necessary. It's not, because you already here at this point, you know, and I think, I think... But Future said something. Did he respond? I think he something? said, I'm sorry or whatever, but it was like, you know, in response to him, it wasn't so much of him. But I just think at some point you have to do more than just do a little interview saying, yeah, I said this and this and that. And I think at some point. What do you, you mean? He said, he said what? I said, oh, yeah, I know I said that because he's done interviews saying, yeah, I've taken lean or I haven't taken lean I don't even take lean I used to I don't do it no more but I can't say that to the people because then you know my following is going to stop following me because that's what they believe I do and when you, when that's how you feel that's ignorant you know it's 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 terribly ignorant and, and you you're misleading and misguiding these kids so that you can make a couple dollars so I've never I'm going to be okay with that I'm going to always speak against that and if that's what's called the hater then I'm okay with the hater Title. I'm okay. <laughs> we know you okay with the hater title, because yeah. you always going against the always status quo. go against the status quo, man. It, but it's sad when you look at what the drug coach is a culture of drugs. It you know? is definitely. It's not like before we was, people were smoking a little weed here and there. Now, when you talk about these pills, they popping pills like it's 
Tic Tacs. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. But I saw, um, I think it was Charlemagne and Amanda Seals talking about how it's deepening just taking drugs, right? Like like you said, the pain that people are suffering, what folks are going through every day. And and I think you're right. Like when as I'm sitting here really processing your statement, it probably is that folks are even no matter how successful they are, they're still trying to get to some mystified place. When, when, when I think of hip-hop of our time, like the Queen Latifah hip-hop time, the Wu-Tang Clan, I feel like maybe weed, because when you think about Wu-Tang, there was a lot of weed. But I don't know if people were, like, taking that much medication. It wasn't. Like, I mean... just taking anything... But to they, make they, it not saying that they weren't doing it because there was always drug use. Like cocaine yeah, was a thing but, that 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 under the table. If you were somebody that had some level of money or status, people were you know they they called it a little cocaine and they did it whatever. But it wasn't putting music to where it was glorified. It was, right, it was that's a, a, a personal thing. Personal okay, thing that they fine. did. It wasn't trying to make kids. That's think why it I don't know because cool. I didn't hear it. Exactly. At all the time. And you find out if you was in the circles of people, you find out they was doing, oh, yeah, doing that. You know, and it was it was never glorified. Well, it they were singing Mary Jane. I didn't know Mary Jane was about weed until yeah. I got to But be Mary like Jane was something. But we, something. weed was glorified because just like right now, weed is damn near legal. So we understand the different levels. Of, like, you ain't finding people overdosing on weed. You know what I'm saying? They're walking per- around acting like they overdosed on it. I hear you, but it. the reality of the situation <laughs> is that these, um, Pills and this person lean is is killing people at well, a higher true. rate than anything. Because the um, major league baseball, they decided to treat marijuana 
uh, like alcohol. This week they said they're no longer going to test for marijuana because they're trying to get to the opioid abuse like that. And, you know, and I, I read a story the other day that said we need to stop acting like opioids is just a white people problem. Yes, it's being treated different. So there's a disparity and the hypocrisy around how they treated crack versus um, you know, now how they're treating opioid abuse. So we know that. But in terms of understanding the issue, the seriousness of the issue, all our people are caught up in it. And okay. it's all ages. It's, you know, young people. I had a cousin contacting me the other day telling me that she needs, you know, $25. I'm like, what What do you need $25 for? And then it, it, it clicked for me. She just need a few pills to be able to get by. That's very serious. It is. It's extremely serious, man. And we have to treat it like it's serious. And that's why I think hip-hop being the pretty much the staple of the culture and pretty much these are the vanguards of our culture. So when you are giving that message and, and you're being very, you know, irresponsible, to say the, the least, and you're giving that message and you're glorifying it to these kids, knowing that they're holding on to every word that you say because they believe you. And if you're not if you're not giving them the facts, if you're not saying, even if that's something that you're doing, if you, if you're not telling them how it's it's hurting you and the negatives that come with it, and you're just telling, you know, we're taking perks and we're doing this, and you're not telling how many of your friends is dying, how many people is locked up, or whatever that comes with that, then you're just being a false a false prophet for me, and I I can't do but it. But is that fair, right? Like, are I mean, I know it is, but there are a lot of people who say. As an artist, they are not responsible for raising your kids. But that's not true because as an artist, you 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 especially my as my kids' favorite artist, you spend more time than my kids than I do. Because mm-hmm. when I ain't talking, they got you in their headphones. They go into YouTube to find you. So you have to have some level of responsibility. And if you don't have responsibility, then it's our responsibility to make sure that you don't have the ears of our children. So that's that's what it comes down to me. It's like I get it. You don't need responsibility, but we need to make sure that you ain't over here spreading this poison to these kids because it's pretty much like a cult leader. You understand? Music is 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 has that same level of cult. If you look at the fans that musicians have that they jump on and they fall out when you see people live their lives on the words of these artists. So so we if a cult leader can have ten people in the room and say, Yo, I want y'all to kill each other or kill yourself. And okay, he just that keeps saying, happen often. but it has happened. It's not saying it happens often because that was the, the message that they, the cult leader wanted to tell. And we've seen it happen. So if if you are an artist and you keep saying lean and perks and we on perks and lean and perks, then you have influence. Yeah. It's that, a lot of these young artists that talk about that stuff yeah, all the time. Way yeah, too many. Do. But when you talk about artists and music, it brings me to this place where I'm just so proud. I'm so proud. Of Mary J. Blige. Oh, Mary, the queen. Until until I can't even write a post because I be getting choked up. This is 25 years of the My Life album. That was the album that, to your point, she has, I I wouldn't call it a cult, but we are a following. Oh, my God. It's amazing. You rap. Singing, I don't Listen, think you do singing. When it comes to Mary, I could do whatever. Well, this is true. That's the thing about Mary J. Blige's music, right? Like you can sing. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a good voice, a bad yeah, voice. It doesn't matter. You can. You can just get some tune, Mary. Mary. And, you, and you feel like you can, you, even if you can't. She just make you feel because you feel so connected to Mary. Mary is yeah. is iconic in so many 
facets of the world of Icon, man. Like, she has, she created something, recreated herself, rebranded herself, and continued. Several times over. Several times over. Like, she has been able to transcend and continue to, to be relevant in so many different time periods of music, man. So, when you think about 25 years. At 20, 25 years ago, I was 15 years old. I'm literally six months almost to the day of turning 40. So, you know, I'm on this little, like, I'm going to be 40. Who do I get rid of? Who do I keep? What do I do? How do I get better, stronger, the whole thing? And I think about being 15, that's, like, when we really discovered love. Like, I, I thought I just was, I knew I, I yeah, think my true, heart was already broken girlfriend. by 15. 15. And my life was like, I know what the hell I was singing, but I knew it was What's like, it was, one, one, it was, honey. it was, it was the, it was like turning my insides and, and, and she would take you through feeling good about yourself. Mary was the, listen, Mary is one of the only <laughs> singers and women that could bash a man and the man still love She her. really... Was not really not bash. She wasn't men. bash. She was just telling her story, and it was like, damn, he hurt you. Like you didn't feel like, come on, because women would play it. Women would play it to you like they mad at you, and you didn't even care. You still be she mad at you, and you still singing Mary like. But you know what's funny? Twenty five years ago, that's probably true. That's how we, how many people interpreted it. But the other day when we were coming down to your King Stop Killing Kings uh, march in Baltimore, Angelo, our brother. Um, we were listening to the lyrics, and she really wasn't bashing men at all. She was actually talking a lot about love. Some of it was pain, but a lot of it was more so about when you love I'm your man, when you really cry. into your man, when your man is into you. Yeah, see, those are like two songs, like three songs. But yeah. there are so many other songs that were not about, like, bashing. No, she never really bashed. I'm just saying she gave... She gave women a voice a for voice. pain. So explain it. Explain pain with with in relationships. And the, it was so good that the men even gravi- gravitated to it and grabbed on while the woman was using it against them. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know when they were using it against. Because I women were singing. Women, you'll come in the house. Okay, whatever. You come in the house. And you know your girl mad. And she playing Mary. And she looking at you. And she singing the song. <laughs> and you still dancing like, nah, she killed this. You ain't even. You you know she mad at you. And she using it to, to say something to you. But you still just singing. You like. I would I would suggest. Because as I said, Angelo and I were listening. And he was talking about the woman bashing. And then we listened to song after song. And he like, yo, this is. Some like powerful, but it always it was was. Bible music. So you need to listen again because you might hear that it's probably two or three songs that might she be. She never kinda... really bashed. I'm just saying she gave the voice to women that were mad at their mans. That's probably that's it. True. That's definitely or what heartbroken. She yes, definitely. A heartbroken. Yes, and yes. and so. putting the pieces back together. Yes. We watched Mary put the pieces back together. And she so she broke times. a couple of us down too at the same time while she put the pieces. Well, it probably was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. One things one thing we have to say about Mary J. Blige Consistent. is that well consistency but truth. Oh, it no, was, she was always, always her true self. And the storyline was always true, and she was. That's why we relate to her so much because we are Mary, and she is us. Yes, she is, man. Shout out to Mary. Congratulations on twenty five years. years. We're not even giving her the type of love that she deserves right now. Like because no, we, she's supposed to be here. You're Mary. Shut down, Mary. Listen, we need you we to come up you. here so All we right. can hug you. We want to show you love. Like we want you on street politicians. 
Like, come on, make that happen for us, man. We love you. What you mean to our culture, what you meant to me as a young boy growing up seeing you, man, just the essence. And you was, like, right from Yonkers, like, right down the block. And, and I was in the Bronx, and I used to be like, yo, Shorty is just dope. Go, we, Mary. Go, Mary. Go like, Mary. She was in the skate go key. Mary. Like, you couldn't go to she skate key with, key? no, I'm saying them songs. Oh. You couldn't, like, they was playing, like... they playing Mary in the skate key. You skating them. Like, Mary was for every aspect. What's the life. 411, huh? For real, man. Yeah, so that, shout out to yeah. you. But so that means we missed the 25th anniversary of What's the 411? We got to get it More together. More than like, yeah, we got to get our life yeah. together. <laughs> but it was a good show. Good show. So glad to have everybody to join us on Street Politicians. We talked about a whole bunch of topics. We want folks who have comments, questions, thoughts, ideas. Things you want us to talk about. Topics you want yes. us to talk about. Things we need to learn together to hit us up. Send us all your thoughts. You can send us all your thoughts. You can look at the information on the screen and get in touch with us. And also, you can reach each one of us directly. I'm at Tamika D. Mallory. That's with an I, not an E. Shout out, you know, shout out to the people with the E's, but it's I, Tamika D. Mallory, um, on Instagram, on every platform. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. I don't check Twitter because Twitter's where crazy people. Oh yeah, I don't go there, but but I come sometimes. But um, I'm on (laughs) Instagram mostly. It's my son, N Y S O N N E N Y General. You can follow me there, or I'm sometimes I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter at my son sometimes. But like we always say, we're not always going to be right. You're not always going to agree with us. And we might even be wrong. <laughs> but we will always be authentic. He might be wrong. Sometimes. Yeah, she's not wrong. You know how they do. Peace. That's how we own it. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.